1: All of the Apostle John's writings in the Bible stress the divine birth through which the divine life is imparted into the believers. In his gospel, he says, you must be born again. In chapter 3 of his first epistle, John says, everyone who has been begotten of God does not practice sin. And once again, the stress is on the divine birth. But in chapter 5, he gets even more specific about not just the fact of the divine birth, but the location of the divine birth when he says everything that has been begotten of God overcomes the world. Why does he change everyone in chapter 3 to everything in chapter 5? The answer reveals very much about the key to overcoming not just sin and the world, but all of the negative things surrounding us in our day-to-day living. Francis Ball is here as we continue our fellowship Francis, I've had my appreciation and love for this uh, short book of First John completely renewed in these life-study messages. How about you?
2: Yes, very definitely. This is one of the choice spots for a believer to get into to enjoy what they have.
1: Yeah, again and again, this matter of the divine life and the divine birth, the divine anointing, uh, it's so experiential, so practical, John was really on a mission, it seems, to rescue the believers from so many of the negative things that were attacking the church at that time, and yet these words are so timeless as all of the Bible is, all of the Scripture. But we've really seen some keys, haven't we, in helping us in our own experience?
2: My, yes. Many, many people talk about being born again and about the new birth, but I'm afraid they are like I was, not realizing what all that involves and how that continues in our living from the day we receive Him until the day we die or the Lord comes.
1: Yeah, there is a lot of uh, oh, ambiguity or maybe lack of full apprehension or appreciation of this matter. Some people use this term, the new birth, as just probably a metaphor. To others, they realize there's more to it than a metaphor, but maybe you are not so clear as to what exactly is involved in the new birth. But in John's writings here, particularly this book of First John, we've just seen uh, again and again, this is really the imparting of the divine life into each and every believer, right, and it is the goal of God's redemptive work to bring us into this state of being regenerated, reborn, isn't it?
2: Yes, I think we'll see today in today's message how vital the understanding is of what happens at the new birth, what accompanies that new birth, and what continues that new birth in its reality in us through our daily living.
1: Um, I chose uh, these uh, two uh, passages from 1 John, one from chapter 3, one from chapter 5, to open the program today. Uh, These two uh, verses really are kind of the subject of the first section of Witness Lee's sharing. Let me read both verses in their entirety. In 1 John chapter 3, verse 9, it says, Everyone who has been begotten of God does not practice sin, because his seed abides in him, and he cannot sin, because he has been begotten of God. Then in chapter 5, he changes the everyone to everything, as we pointed out earlier. Verse 4 says, For everything that has been begotten of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory which has overcome the world, our faith. Let's find out, Francis, about everyone and everything begotten of God. Here's Witness Lee with our first portion.
3: Now we come to the third virtue of these divine birds. To uh, overcome the world, death, sin, the devil and the idols. How many items here? Five. None of them is good. All of them are dark. To overcome these black things surely is a virtue of the divine birth. We have to experience it by the eternal life in the sun. This is wonderful. Verse 4 says in this way, everything, you see, here, Zhang changes everyone, as in chapter 3, to everything. Everyone refers to the person. Everything refers to certain part of that person. Everything that has been begotten of God overcomes the world. Such an expression should refer especially to the part that is the spirit of the regenerated person. The regenerated spirit of the regenerated believer does not practice sin and overcomes the world. In God's salvation, regeneration transpires at the time when we believed in the Lord Jesus. And it transpired in our spirit. Hallelujah. This is the initiation. Oh, this is the initial step that God has entered into us. Oh, we do have such a divine birth. With A divine life. And this life is the eternal life in the Son. Actually, this eternal life is just the Son himself. Don't trust in your ability. Don't trust in your kind of endeavor. But trust in your spirit. Your spirit is well able to overcome Satan even to overcome his evil system. That is the world. When you exercise your spirit, when you walk by your spirit, your spirit is able. It has the life ability to overcome all the black things.
1: Francis, I think the um, point that we just heard spoken in many different programs from many different passages of Scripture, this is one of the key points in this ministry, to realize that there is a place in us where God's divine life has been imparted. And once we discover that, a whole realm for our Christian living is opened up to us, isn't it?
2: Yes, this is really marvelous because in this ministry over the years, the main thing is that we have a spirit which is the very place that is regenerated when we believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. Our spirit gets God's life. And with that life, we have a certain kind of action that takes place that delivers us from all the negative things. So we just thank the Lord that we have such an organ in our being that becomes life when we receive Christ and we receive a new birth. With that new birth, we receive a divine life. That brings us into relationship with God that we didn't have before.
1: You know, he mentioned uh the new birth. Of course we all know the famous or well known passage in John uh chapter three where the new birth is introduced. There's another verse there that is not as often spoken of. I think John three six is that which is born of spirit is spirit. Right. And that verse really dovetails, I think, with what we just heard, doesn't it?
2: That is a very, very important verse for Christian experience. I don't know how we ever got along without having that realization that that which is born of the Spirit, God's Spirit, is Spirit, our Spirit.
1: Yeah, most translations, I think, render that first Spirit with a capital S, right. indicating, as you said, that's the Holy Spirit, God's Spirit. The second Spirit there, that which is born of Spirit, is Spirit, generally rendered with a small S, indicating the human spirit, man's spirit.
2: Yes, certainly the Bible is full of this. Even in the book of Job, you have a clear reference to the spirit of man man has a spirit he was created with a spirit with a soul and with a body and that had a, a marvelous purpose in its effectiveness now in our believing in christ and receiving a divine life
1: i like his exhortation near the end here of his speaking do not trust in yourselves and uh, this is the part of the christian life that we've all experienced so many times the failing part whenever we put our trust in ourselves but to put our trust not just in the Lord in a general or vague way, but to put our trust in the Lord, the very one who is indwelling us in our human spirit. Amen. And uh, as I said, a realm is uh, opened up to the believer in his Christian walk that is far different from the one that is characterized by all the struggling and striving that uh, issues from our vain human natural efforts.
2: It's like being an animal, and yet you're trying to live a human life. Yeah. So if you're uh, just a human being and you're trying to live a divine life, you're out of your realm. So you need the divine life in order to live the divine life.
1: Okay, let's go on uh, again, coming back to the same verse, chapter 5, verse 4 of 1 John. But the second part, there's a phrase right at the end that we want to look at in more detail, and that's uh, the subject of this coming portion. And it says, And this is the victory which has overcome the world, our faith. Mm -hmm. All right, here's Witness Lee once more.
3: It is the divine life in our spirit that has the ability to overcome this satanic evil world. In this world, everything is a temptation. And everywhere is a temptation. On the street, a lot of temptation. In the department stores full of Temptation. What can overcome all these temptations? The divine life in your spirit. Hallelujah. And you have to realize today, your spirit is just mingled with the divine life. So, your spirit is the very organ that uh can overcome the world. And this is the victory which overcome the world, our faith. I must make it clear. Actually, it is not your faith that overcomes the world. But your faith brings you into an organic union. Just like to Shichang. The Shichang is not the power. Right? The Shichang is to bring the utensils into a kind of a union with the electricity. If you don't see on, electricity is cut off. Faith is just sitting on. When we believe in the Lord Jesus, that is a strong switching on. And this believing and this faith just brings us into the organic union with the triune God. Actually, it is this organic union that overcome the world, not the faith directly. Verse 5, And who is he who overcome the world? But he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. This believing brings you into the organic union with the Son of God, who is the very embodiment of the Triune God. It is this organic union with the Triune God that overcomes.
1: Francis, that's a, a marvelous illustration. Many of us struggle to really try to get a handle on this matter of faith. But his analogy to faith as the switch, not being the source of victory itself, but really that which links the light the light fixture in the room to the, the real source of power, and that's where the victory lies. This that's is a right. great realization, isn't it?
2: It really is, and it's been one of Brother Lee's favorite terms that he's used during his ministry in these 40 years in this country to switch on. This is very important because it's not a matter of our exercising so much effort to try to drum up some faith, but just to switch on to the one who's in our spirit. The triune God as the Spirit is now in our spirit, and when we call on his name, we turn to our spirit, we switch on this life that overcomes.
1: Let's talk about uh, this phrase he used a a few times here in this portion, organic union. It's it's the faith that brings us into an organic union with the triune God. Uh, Help us understand what he means by this. We've talked about it before, but it's good to review.
2: This is another very important term that's quite often used by Witness Lee. And this organic union, of course we know what something organic is. People grow organic vegetables. They grow organic fruit. Uh, That means they don't have a lot of things added into it. It's organic, and it produces the kind of fruit that it's supposed to. Well, this organic union we have with the divine life means that He has come into our spirit, and we have a union with the divine life in our spirit that enables us to overcome all these five things you've mentioned already, that we do have such a life in us, and it's not something that we go out to get. It is an installment into us. We are born with this life when we were born again. When we were born anew, we got the divine life in us. That was a divine birth that brought in the divine life, and this is an organic relationship we have with the divine life. God and we are one. We are one with God. We have the divine life. We have the divine fellowship. We have all the divine things in an organic way, Mm. not in an effort of our part, but just the receiving of this divine life.
1: Yeah, I think we all, I think believers generally, spend a lot of time praying for things like victory over sin or victory over this or that, certainly these five big things that we talked about at the beginning of the program. But actually, in a sense, there's no need for us to pray for victory per se, because if we have this realization, victory has already been installed into us, hasn't it?
2: Right. That's the secret of this organic relationship with the divine life. We have, in our spirit, an organic relationship or joining to the divine life. So we have no need to struggle so much, to pray so desperately to get a victory. Just switch on, and we have this organic union that gives us the victory.
1: I remember in one of Watchman Nee's books, I can't remember which one it is exactly, but he talks about uh, an example of this point, a person who's inside of a room praying to enter into that room. In a sense, it's about the same level of futility. We just need to open our eyes, hit the switch, and realize where we are. Right. Yeah.
2: For it instance, is wonderful to have such an organic union with the divine Father. To be one with God, with this divine life in us, is the greatest privilege a human being can have.
1: Let's uh, continue. We want to go on to cover verse 6 today as well. It says, This is he who came through water and blood, Jesus Christ, not in the water only, but in the water and in the blood, and the Spirit is he who testifies because the Spirit is the reality. Here's Witness Lee for
3: our final portion. Verse 6. This is he who came through water and blood. We can easily understand the first step by water must be the step of the Lord Jesus, his baptism through water. And according to the record of the four gospels, right after he has gone through the water of his baptism, the heaven opened and the voice came. This is my beloved. That was God's testimony that Jesus Christ is God's beloved Son. Then, after two and a half years, he went to die on the cross and he shed his blood. That was also testimony made by God concerning Jesus Christ being the son of God by the blood. Not only so, hallelujah. After this, he became a life-giving spirit. He came through, only through two things, through water and blood. But uh, the testimony was by three things, by water, blood, and the spirit. He who came through water and blood, Jesus Christ, not only in the water and in the blood, Uh the following construction changes. And the spirit is he, you see, not through. Christ came through the water and through the blood as the spirit. Christ didn't come as the water, neither he came as the blood, but he came eventually as the Spirit. Through the water refers to the baptism at the beginning of his ministry, right? And through the blood refers to his crucifixion on the cross at the end of his ministry. After this, He became the life-giving Spirit. And he came as the Spirit. Water terminates old creation and blood redeems whatever God has chosen of the old creation. Then what? Spirit comes to germinate what God has chosen and redeemed. And it's by this way he has come into our spirit. By the termination and by the redemption and by the germination, he is now right within us. Hallelujah. This is wonderful.
1: Francis, there are three things that testify to Jesus Christ being the Son of God here. The water, a testimony of termination, as shown by his baptism. The blood, the testimony of redemption. And the spirit, the testimony of germination. This is really a marvelous sequence, isn't it?
2: Marvelous. Oh, it's just almost too much to realize that we have such a testimony of God concerning his Son, our Savior. By the water, he was terminating the natural life, the old creation. That was the termination. And when he came out of the water, God said, This is my beloved Son in whom I find all my delight right. or whom I am well pleased. And then when he went to the cross three and a half years later, that death on the cross was the redemption of everything in the old creation that God had chosen to be for him. So that redemption was a thorough redemption of all that God wanted to redeem. And then, besides all that, the Lord Jesus came out of the grave in resurrection as the Spirit to germinate all his redeemed ones. So we not only have him forgiving us, cleansing us, and I would say even in the first place burying us from our old life, but he has germinated us. He has put his life within us. He has anointed us with his life so that he is in us now as the anointing spirit. Not just in the spirit, he is the spirit. Christ came in resurrection as the life-giving spirit, giving life to all who were redeemed and now germinated by his coming into them.
1: Well, we talked at the beginning of the program how this book and the ministry that we are privileged to uh, to bring forth each day on the radio concerning it has just been full of practical, helpful realizations even revelations concerning the divine birth the divine life the operation of the divine anointing within us how to experience and be brought further into the experience of this center point in God's economy and God's move among men i think the program today has not disappointed on any of these fronts uh, either it just seems to confirm and strengthen as we go day by day doesn't it
2: i do believe so especially this book of first john yeah we really see a wide open door here for a lot of experiencing of the divine life in our spirit and in our being as we go on with the Lord.
1: Well, we still have um, volumes of this uh, life study of 1 John. Second uh, John, Third John, and the Book of Jude available to our listeners. We have a couple of weeks left as we finish up this life study. We hope you'll be with us for as many of the programs as possible, but take advantage of the opportunity to get this tremendous resource. There's actually two volumes that make up this set, about 50 messages in total, I think perhaps 60, something like that, uh, for your own study and to have as a resource uh, just an invaluable help uh, to unlock the riches in such a marvelous book. If you'd like to get the life study, you can contact us toll free one 1-888-LIFE-STUDY, 888 543 3788 Or you can send an email to us at radio at LSM.org. Join us again tomorrow. We will conclude the Life study of 1 John this week and then go on to second and third John. For Francis Ball, I'm Chris Wilde. Thanks for listening today.
0: The New Testament is a marvelous and clear revelation of God's purpose and plan. In 1984, Witness Lee spoke a series of 51 messages based on God's New Testament economy, which is his plan to dispense himself into his chosen, redeemed, and regenerated people as their life and everything to produce the body of Christ, which is his corporate expression, as golden lampstands in this age, and ultimately as the new Jerusalem for eternity. These messages have been printed in the book, God's New Testament Economy. God's New Testament Economy by Witness Lee from Living Stream Ministry is available at Christian bookstores everywhere.